May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The title of my sermon today is Forgive Us Our Debts As We Forgive Our Debtors. Ever hear that before? (laughs) We pray those words thousands of times in our lifetime. But have you ever given any thought to what you are praying? Have you thought about what forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors really means? We all know that God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for us to save us from our sins. And through his death and shed blood, our sins have been forgiven. Not only forgiven, but forgotten. Wiped right off the slate. Deleted from the memory banks. When God looks at us, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus' holiness. And therefore, he sees us as holy. But that, that's the only way we can come into God's uh, presence, because God hates sin. He cannot tolerate sin in heaven. And without Jesus' forgiveness, we would never make it. So what does the Bible say about our need to forgive? Do you ever tell your kids, if I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times? Or perhaps your parents have said to you, if I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times? They didn't get it the first time. So you've had to tell them again, and again, and again. It was important, so you repeated it. Well, we are God's children, and sometimes we don't get it. But it's important. So he tells us, Again, and again, and again. Now, depending on what version of the Bible you read, God says forgive somewhere between 100 and 200 times. It would seem to indicate that forgiving is kind of important to God because he repeats it. Let's take a look at the parable in Matthew 18, 23 through 33. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants told their master all that had been done, then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? Now there's no definition of a value of a talent in the Bible, but most commentaries today say it would be equivalent to a year's wages. 
So a debt of 10,000 talents would be 10,000 years of wages. In this parable, that amount would have been unimaginable to those who heard it. The other amount that was owed to that servant, 100 denarii, would have been understood. A denarii was roughly a day's pay. 100 days wages probably could be paid back. So what can we make of this parable? The first servant owed a debt to the king, which was greater than anyone could imagine and could never be repaid. When the servant begged for mercy, the king forgave his debt. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? Our debt of sin is so great, we could never repay it. But when we come to Jesus asking for mercy, he forgives our sin. So should we then demand payment from those who owe us a small debt or wrongdoing, as the first servant did to the second? Or should we also forgive them? Now we all know Matthew 6.12 and recite it every time we say the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. I'm sorry, I skipped a line. As we forgive our debtors. Luke 11.4 reads a little different. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Now, some, some versions say forgive our, our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And others say forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Now, Matthew used the word debts figuratively for sins, whereas in Luke's more direct style, he relates that Christ teaches us to ask for forgiveness of sins. Now, if I told you I was going to get lunch for us and asked you if you wanted me to get you a sub, you'd know I was talking about a foot-long submarine sandwich. What if I asked you if you wanted a hoagie, or a grinder, or a hero sandwich, or a torpedo, or if we were down south, if you wanted a poor boy? The point is they're all one and the same. Just different words for the same thing. So what about trespasses? According to Webster's New Collegiate Dictionary, the first definition of trespass is a violation of moral or social ethics, transgression, especially sin. So debts, sins, trespasses, they're all the same animal. To see the importance of this position, petition, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, whether debts, sins, or trespasses, let's look at a few more verses. In Matthew 5, 23, 24, while Jesus is giving his sermon on the mount, he says, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Then just a few verses after Jesus' prayer, in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, he says, for if you, give, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And finally, in Mark 11.25, Jesus says, And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, 
so that your Father, also who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. So in all variations, it boils down to asking for forgiveness of our sins as we forgive others. Asking for our forgiveness is the easy part. We've come to take that almost for granted. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Period. There you have it. Your sins are forgiven. But as they say in those late night TV commercials, but wait, there's more. Our sins are forgiven as we forgive others. There is the touch there. We often overlook it. Scripture does not overlook that second part. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Luke 6.37 Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Ephesians 4.32 says, Do not, I'm sorry, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. And Mark 11.25 says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you. And in the most direct statement, Matthew says in 6, 14, and 15, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Sort of like telling us a thousand times. And we are to continue to forgive them. In Matthew 18, 21, 22, is when Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. In some versions say 70 times seven times. The idea being that continually forgive. How can I forgive that Jethro? Do you know what that low-life scoundrel did to me? And not just once, but several times? What would Jesus say? Forgive him anyway. But sometimes it's not easy to forgive someone, especially if the hurt is recent or deep. Forgiveness can be very hard. especially when the other person doesn't admit to doing wrong, doesn't acknowledge that they've hurt you, or maybe they don't even know that they wronged you. You might say, I don't feel like I can forgive him or her. Well, forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a decision. When you decide to forgive someone, you are eliminating the control their actions have over you. You're saying, well, what happened, happened. It's over. I can't change it. So I'm not going to let it control my feelings or my life. 
How do you go about forgiving someone? There are three steps. Step one, prayer. Step two, prayer. Step three, prayer. And sometimes it may take several more steps. Praying for forgiveness of another's sins or trespasses may not change them one iota, but it will change you. It will change your heart. And that's what matters to Jesus. Your change of heart. I'm sure you've all seen a news story where some drunk driver killed a, a young child um, or some horrific death or other tragedy and people being interviewed say, um, well, I'm forgiving them. I used to think, how in the world could you forgive a drunk driver who killed your child? How in the world could you forgive a person who shoots up your congregation and kills a number of people? Well, let me share a personal story. Our son was married to a woman who he thought the world of. And after only a couple of years, she left him for another woman. To say our son was devastated is an understatement. His life was turned upside down, emotionally, financially, physically, he was a wreck. Needless to say, I was devastated as well. I thought, how could that unchristian thought here do that to him? I was filled with anger and probably hatred. It took a few months, well, maybe more than a few months, but I started praying for her. I prayed that she would be successful in her job. I prayed for her family. I prayed for her health. Every night in my nightly, pray, nightly prayers, I prayed for her well-being. Now, it didn't happen right away. I think it might have been a couple of years, but I finally forgave her. When I did, I lost all feeling of hatred and ill will towards her. Then I understood how in the world we could forgive a drunk driver who killed the child. Forgiveness happens in your heart. You find peace. I still have a memory of what happened, but it doesn't eat at me anymore. I gave it to God and let Him take care of it. Romans 12.19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to the wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, saith the Lord. So now when someone runs a red light as I'm starting up, or when someone goes down my 30 mile an hour road at 55, if somebody cuts me off in traffic, I no longer say, where is a cop when you need one? Instead, I say a little prayer for that driver, praying that they will get where they're going safely. It makes life easier. As with most everything, we can give our cares and fears to the Lord, because He cares for us. He makes our load a little lighter. We can enjoy all the blessings he gives us without that load of anger or hatred, resentment. Forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. Thank you, Lord. But if you do not yet know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, please call or text me, 585-953-3214. I'd love to tell you about my Jesus and how he saved me and how he changed my life 14 years ago. Thank you and God bless. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we are so grateful that you sent Jesus to die on the cross and forgive us of our sins, Lord. We're so grateful that you see us as holy because we need Jesus. Lord, you're the model Jesus' behavior. Remember on the cross, he said, forgive them, Father, not what they do. If you can ask for forgiveness for the horrible treatment he was receiving, you can ask for forgiveness for the people who walked into that cross, Lord. You certainly can forgive those people who wrong us, sin against us, forgive us. Lord, help us follow Jesus' example. Help us forgive others as you forgive us.